Welcome to Round Hill Radio. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we're talking about. We talk about faith. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Leslie. So we're continuing our sense of place conversation. Mm-hmm. Last week, we talked about the desert. If you have not caught that, it was up last week. So check it out. That was a fun conversation. We heard all about mm-hmm. your experience in Death Valley, Death Valley. and your... Uh, adventures there life in bad water <laughs> the names get me they really really do um and then you know thinking about this 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 sense of place mm-hmm. um and like who how much it affects i think people right yeah. so like i'm i uh, was telling you the other day that I'm very much, you know, I like, I'm like I, was, I was raised by architects. Mm. And so I'm very, sen- <laughs> I feel like I'm very sensitive. And I feel, but I feel like we all are to like the space we're in mm-hmm. and how it f- both feels and makes us feel. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. For instance, where we're sitting right now, <laughs> we are in the same room. I know my mother made a comment that looks like we're in two different places. <laughs> we're actually like about four feet from each other. He's right there. Um, but that this used to be a like, when I say storage room, <laughs> that's if I remember when I edit this, I will put up a picture of the before. Oh, you need to. Because it is magic what has been done down here uh, by our wonderful team. Um, and then the paint. I don't know if I ever told you the guys. This, this is I'm on a tangent now. <laughs> told you the story behind this paint color. And there's more to the story now. So this paint color <laughs> was the mixture of all the leftover paint oh, from my house. Oh. In case you're wondering, the overall scheme was some blue, some green. It's rich. It is rich. Um, Turns out the blue I used was not the right blue that I should have used. So we we used two different colors of blue that were very, very similar. And one, because we started with one and we're like, oh, no, this is wrong. And so we switched gears. And I used... The one we ended up using, which meant when it was time to touch up my kitchen cabinets three oh. days ago, we didn't have it because it's on the walls of here. <laughs> <laughs> Thoroughly embedded. And now I have a, but I have a brand new gallon of just the wrong blue. So if you need like a really I was gonna strong say, blue. I might be able to make something with that. I, it's like an entire gallon. <laughs> So I got you. If you, he's. I think he's about to enter his blue period, ladies I, and gentlemen. I, listen, I see possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is to say, yes, the transformative power of paint, mm-hmm. um, and place, and right. all those things are are a big are a big deal. And we talked about going to a place, mm-hmm. but I uh, there's also this idea of using our imagination mm-hmm. to travel. Yeah. So what about that? I think imagination has played a powerful role um, throughout, well, throughout the history of um, religious development, right? Mm-hmm. Because it gives people access to places even though they cannot actually physically go there. Mm-hmm. And that's a very rich tradition, especially within Christian spirituality. Um, there was a wonderful writer in the Middle Ages, Teresa of Avila, and she had this image of what she called the interior castle. Hmm. Uh, so she imagined that all of us have a castle inside of us with hundreds of rooms. And you can explore all of these spaces. And of course, what she's, 
hoping we will do is to get closer and closer to the heart of the castle, mm. you know, which is the mystery of God or the great silence of God. Mm. And I just love that image. And uh, over time, I, for example, I know someone who's no longer able to travel to the mountains, mm -hmm. which were very important to him and his spiritual life. So now he has to do that primarily through his imagination, mm -hmm. through memory, through photograph, but bring himself to a place where he can recapture to a, some extent the feelings he had when he was near a mountain or hiking up a mountain or mm -hmm. reaching a peak. And um, that can be very, very, very powerful, right? So we, uh, I know how important um, space became to us during the pandemic because some people couldn't get out of a very confined space when they were in quarantine. Right. And I, the, our congregation became so adamant about getting back into uh, the sacred space at the sanctuary, yes. gathering there, yes. right? I mean, that really became so important. And when we opened that possibility up, it just, it felt so liberating. Yeah. So these are, these are places that we've known because we're accustomed to them, they're important to our spiritual well-being, our experience of community, mm -hmm. but also sometimes we have to access them through our imagination. Mm -hmm. And we can still do that, but it all, it all is about the importance of place yes. as we're growing in our faith. It's so interesting because I remember early, early <clears throat> pandemic, you were recording um, worship videos, I think in your office? Yes. At the parsonage, at yes. your house. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think you, you were hearing that people were missing so badly mm. the sanctuary, seeing the sanctuary and that's now, I mean, and then you started into the sanctuary and it's been there, our online worship services ever since. The, exactly. I think the spots tweaked about three feet to the left, but other than that, right. it's identical <laughs> to what it was three years ago. Well, I loved it. What people were saying about three years ago is, you know, thank you so much for those messages. Just show us the sanctuary. Yeah, I you know. know. I mean, we really appreciate what you're doing, but we could sure use a shot of that sanctuary. Know, Isn't that so? Interesting. so if, if ever there was a story about the importance of place mm -hmm. and space mm -hmm. in our, you know, spiritual habitation, that, that really, it was pretty clear. Yeah. No, and I, I, I always say I like people when I like people to tell me what they need. Mm -hmm. That makes me happy. I'm like, then I will give that to you. It's good. And it, so it was wonderful. Clarity helps. Yeah. Right. And so to hear them, hear them say that, um, was fabulous and so helpful and we were able to do that which was great yeah, yeah um yeah this idea of imagination and spaces made me think of um nature documentaries uh-huh uh -huh. and how 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 good those feel to watch yeah you know you get to sort of picture yourself and be immersed in mm -hmm. the sights and sounds of yeah rainforests and jungles and mm -hmm. mountains and deserts and I was like the ice ones. Yeah, right. <laughs> Those are so cool. I like, see, I like to see the penguins. Let's be honest. Um, but it's just so it's amazing what what they can what they can capture these days and transport us in our imagination. Exactly, and I think it kindles in us a sense of awe, mm -hmm. even though it might be coming through a small computer screen. You mm -hmm. know, if we're watching it, that we still get that a little bit of a sense of that vastness. Yeah, you know, in a world that's well beyond. Um, anything that we're familiar with, you know, most of us will never visit those shores, you know, mm -hmm. or see those places, but we can still get a sense of appreciation for the creatures who live there mm -hmm. in their lives. And 
again, how space, how they're connected to the spaces in which they're living mm -hmm. and how closely tied they are to that. So, yeah. Now you mentioned uh, the mountains earlier. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. about the, you know the term people say the mountaintop experience. Mm -hmm. So the mountains feature very heavily in the Bible, mm -hmm. do they not? They do. They so do what, indeed. Moses, especially with Moses, who uh, is essentially invited to go up to the top of Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. And to have his conversation, his interaction with God. Mm -hmm. There's a sense that God's vastness and mystery is so overwhelmingly powerful mm -hmm. and potentially dangerous in some ways mm -hmm. that um, Moses goes up alone. In fact, the people say, no, you go up. <laughs> no, 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 after you. <laughs> we'll be down here <laughs> when and if you get back. Yeah. And, you know, there is a lot of uh, spectacular natural phenomenon associated with that cloud and thunder and all of that. Mm -hmm. So there's an element of, of awe, I'd say, bordering on fear mm -hmm. as part of those stories. But Moses goes into that mystery. That's really remarkable, right? Mm -hmm. That he goes into that, goes up those slopes step by step. And then, of course, that's where the, the Ten Commandments are born. So right. he brings that back. Um, and then mountains feature again, uh, not a lot, but to some extent in the life of Jesus. There's, yeah. there's a moment in his life when he seems to have a, kind of a, a core within a core of disciples, a few mm -hmm. disciples with whom he seems to be especially close, and he brings them up to the top of a mountain, maybe Mount Tabor. And while up there, a lot of things happen mm -hmm. that are also unnerving and unsettling. There's mm -hmm. a voice, there's a great cloud, there's a voice that comes out of the cloud. Moses shows up. <laughs> Just hanging on a mountain. That's, yeah, and Elijah shows up. So the poor disciples, Peter hits the deck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then, you know, gets so so smitten by the whole thing. He said, you know what, let's stay here. Yeah, this let's is nice. hang out here forever. You know, oh. we'll build like these, he says, we'll build these little booths, you know, for the three of you. And and I think that that's, that is such a wonderfully human story because it's like anytime any, when we go somewhere special, mm -hmm. inevitably someone will say, I wish we could live here. Yeah, let's just move here. I wish we could stay here forever. Right. Right. We just have that impulse. Yeah. We don't want to let it go. We, yeah. we cling to it. Yeah. And the message is no. Bummer. Back to the valley. Back to the regular life. And it is interesting in that story because after they had this I don't even know. It's a, it's a story that, right, you can't even describe it in some ways. Mm -hmm. They go back to the valley, and the first thing they encounter is that the disciples who've been left back there are in a mess <laughs> because this man brings a son who's ill, and the disciples can't figure out how to do anything. Aw. Yeah, so Jesus steps in. I love they're so hapless. I, right. It's, it's, it's completely, but we can identify. They're us. Yeah, yeah, I can identify very easily with them. <laughs> when is he coming back? You know, we cannot deal with this. Right. It's very much the energy of my dog, I have right. to say as well. Oh, <laughs> like, my. oh my God, you're never going back. Right, full bore panic. Yeah. And uh, so guys. can't stay on the mountain, have to go back to the valley. But mm -hmm. that mountaintop experience mm -hmm. became important enough that later on in his life, Peter referenced it. Mm -hmm. So something about it was something that he could cherish and remember mm -hmm. and give him the energy he needed to do whatever he needed to do. Yeah. So that that's where, I guess that's the ultimate portability of the mountaintop experience. Do you know, I think this is clarifying for me because I, to me, I think I interpreted the mountaintop experience as being kind of 
pun completely intended, the peak moment. Mm. But we were in anticipation of this episode, we were discussing it and you were saying the mountaintop, but then after the mountaintop for Moses was the promised land. Mm -hmm. And so the mountaintop was only along the journey. Right. Which I think is a I hadn't exactly thought of right. it that way before. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? It's a way station. Yeah. And uh, I think as one uh, person put it, you know, it's um, it's a signpost. It's not a hitching post. Hmm. So you get there, you see the sign in a way that says, keep going, mm -hmm. right? It, the, as opposed to the hitching post, which is kind of wrap, it, wrap up the horse here, you know, and wrap up the reins and stay here. Yeah. It's not that kind of place. In an odd kind of way, in that story about Jesus, the the peak almost happens down in the valley because that's where the healing will take place because Jesus will step in. Mm -hmm. And it was a disconcerting moment for the disciples, but again, another moment through which they learned something. Mm -hmm. So the peak experiences, in a sense, are almost always happening, and the, but they all move into the next one. Yeah, you know. So whenever you're having one of them you know it's a prelude to something else. Yeah. That's so interesting. What, ever since we started discussing, I had the the picture in my mind of the Mount of Olives. Mm. What, what, remind me what happened there? Of course I remember, I, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> but I can I never remember what happened We're moving there. out of my comfort zone here, probably. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. I'll need to do a little refreshing of my memory. Oh, okay, I was like, I, I remember. <laughs> oh, the only reason is because there's this Beethoven piece and there's the Hallelujah from the Mount of, Mount of Olives and I'm in my head, you know. So these, uh, you know, becomes this becomes part of the the way along which Jesus travels as he goes into Jerusalem, right. which again has also... There's a descent into a valley and then coming up again, comes mm -hmm. into Jerusalem. There's another elevation that he will travel, and that's, of course, Golgotha, mm -hmm. where he's crucified. Yeah. So you get these, this sense that all of these places, Mount Tabor, Mount Olives, uh, the Golgotha, they're all kind of rises along the way. Mm -hmm. And something different happens at each step yeah. um, that becomes significant for the whole journey. That's so interesting. The high times and the low times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The undulating of life, undulation. And so we were we were talking, you know, a little bit earlier about um, Martin Luther King Jr. Some not all that long before he was killed, um, his speeches began to take a certain form, and he would use this phrase, you know, "I've been to the mountaintop." So he makes a direct link between himself and Moses. Mm. And uh, he specifically says, I may not get there with you, you know, mm -hmm. talking about a day of equality and justice for all. So he, he finds that he um, uses that language to give people hope. Yeah. In one sense, it's a very sad message because he's really informing them that he's convinced that sooner or later he's not going to you know, be around to lead them. Right. But on the other hand, he's saying, keep going. You know, yeah. just as Moses was brought right up to the edge of the promised land, but mm -hmm. didn't actually enter it himself. Yeah, it's such a, it's chilling to think about it. That's, you know, that, that, you know, he sort of, he, he I'm going to say started something, but he really, you know, grew such a strong movement. And I feel like even today, there are so many voices for justice mm -hmm. fighting for that promised land. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And that I hope, I hope we see. Yes, we do, right? We yeah. we continue to live that dream. Yeah. 
you know, which in its own way was uh, delivered from an elevated space, right? Mm -hmm. Steps of the Lincoln Memorial. So another different kind of mountaintop experience. Yeah. But one that continues to live on and give us hope. Absolutely. And with that hope, we thank you so much for listening. Roundtail Radio is brought to you by Be Friends and members of Roundtail Community Church. For more information, please visit roundtailradio.org. 